chapter five so today. times are you reading scripture, you're doing devotions, or however you're approaching that, and you get to a portion and you're just confused. Hmm. Or you read it and you're, and you're like, I, I know I'm not getting that. A lot of times Old Testament, sometimes New Testament too, it, it's hard when culture's on the other side of the planet, thousands of years old kind of thing, it doesn't match up with our life very directly a lot of times. Uh, confusing as confusing can be. Sometimes we wish the Bible would just plainly state the facts in a way that any kindergartner could grab a hold of. Amen? Amen. Okay, welcome to John chapter 5. <laughs> the Lord's going to do that for us through the Apostle John uh, writing directly. So where we left the, the passage, the gospel last Sunday, Jesus had just done this a really fascinating healing miracle. He went to the pool of Bethesda where people gathered around and hoped to be the first ones in the water when the water was troubled and Sometimes, apparently, people got healed. But Jesus went there, and he picked out one man who'd been there for 38 years, unable to walk. And so Jesus brought healing to this man, circled around later, found him in the temple, and brought the deeper healing, the healing of salvation, it sounds like, in the passage. A powerful, wonderful time. But Jesus happened to do this miracle on a certain day of the week on the calendar. What day of the week was it? It was the Sabbath day. So that ticks off the Pharisees and the priests and all those folks, and they begin to get after him. So in John chapter 5, let's go back to verse 16, because we, the passage today directly flows out of that. Jesus is going to speak some kindergarten truth into the heart of this situation, and it comes right out of this healing to the man from last week. So let's pick it up at chapter 5, verse 16. It says, and John writes, and this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, my father, say this with me. My, my father, father is working, working until now, and I am working. working. So bargain basement at the bottom here, Jesus saying, you know what, it's a Sabbath, but God, my father, doesn't take the Sabbath off. God saw this man in need. God chose today to bring healing to his life and salvation to him. God is working all the time, and since I am his son, and it's all implied, we'll go deeper here. Jesus is like, my father's working, and father wanted to heal this man, so I'm doing his will, so that's what you're getting. My father is working into now, and I am working. Verse 18. This was why the Jews were seeking, say it with me, all the more to kill him. They weren't just upset with him for messing with the Sabbath. They weren't just kind of getting in his face and persecuting. They weren't just insulting and lying, but they were actively plotting to kill him now. It says because not only was Jesus breaking the Sabbath, their version of the Sabbath laws, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Now that's why they're stepping up. They want to kill him. 
Jesus claiming himself to be equal with God. Jesus is going to speak clear, simple, straight to the heart of it, truth now, into this stirred up uh, issue for them. They're upset with his use of the Sabbath, and they're more upset with him claiming to be equal with God. Jesus is going to go into that claim with them right now. Verse 19. So Jesus said to them, the ones who were upset about the Sabbath and upset about him claiming to be equal with God, he said to them directly, truly, truly, I say to you. So when we have that in the scripture, that's that same word, the root of that is where we get our amen at the end of our prayers. So what does that mean? Amen means this is truth, so shall it be, hallelujah. It's a declaration of perfect truth. Amen. So that's the same word here. So Jesus kind of says to them, amen, amen. This is truth. You can stand on a trust, and I'm going to only give you the truth. I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing. I submit to you, I've been, I've been soaking in that verse for days, and I think I'm going to soak some more, and I, and I lay it out there for you to soak in. There's a lot of depth here about Jesus and the Father and how they work in their relationship. And look at it for a second. The Son can do nothing of his own accord. Jesus couldn't decide something on his own. The Son of God, God himself, could not decide to do something on his own if the Father wasn't on board and in complete agreement with him. The Son cannot do anything of his own accord. Isn't that strange to think about Jesus not being able to do something? But if he decided on his own without the, the unity of the Father, he, he wouldn't be able to do it. Fascinating. But what has he just called himself? The Son of the Father. So he's doing it again. He says the Son can't do anything of his own accord, only what he sees the Father doing. So, so they're claiming we're all about Father. We're all about God. He's all we care about. You're claiming to be equal with God, so you got to die. What does Jesus say? Claim to be all about the Father, but that's whom I am all about. I only do. I can only do what I see the Father doing. So, if you really care about the Father, if you really care about God always and only, then you're going to care about me. That's where he's going here. Only what he sees the Father doing. Listen, he says, for whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. So this man had, was, was lame for 38 years and just got healed by the pool. What is Jesus saying? The Father did that. I'm just the vessel through whom he worked. So if you're mad at me for healing him on the Sabbath and claiming to be God's son, you got issues with the Father. Verse 20. I love this stuff. For the Father loves the Son and shows him, God the Father shows the Son all that he himself is doing. Don't you love having um, vision, able to see into the relationship of God the Father and the Son? Jesus is laying it out here. He's just he's showing us what the relationship is like. The Father loves the Son. Doesn't that bless your heart just to hear that? Doesn't that make your heart rise up and just be drawn to it? The 
aren't just in a working relationship, people. God's just not about, let's do this creation thing, and then we'll try and fix it later on, and then, then we'll fix it for good at the end, and we'll just all be happy. Father loves us so. And that's where all this unity comes from. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing. So is, is God the Father holding anything back from Jesus? Mm-mm. Showing him everything. Wow, do they have a cool relationship? They sure do. It sounds fantastic. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will God the Father show him so that you may marvel. So Jesus, you're, you're amazed by this 38-year lame guy getting healed? God's got way cooler stuff coming than this. What do we have later in the Gospel of John? Jesus raises Lazarus out of the tomb. He's been dead four days and called him out of the tomb. So 38-year lame guy, that's some pretty good stuff. Top that. Okay. I will. Greater things, Jesus says. Greater works than these will God show him so that you may marvel. Verse 21. For as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom he will. Life sounds good. Okay, it's not just life. It's everything that comes with life and the work of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus gives life. He gives joy. He gives peace. He gives the knowledge of sins forgiven. He gives hope in situations that seem hopeless. Son gives life to whom he will. Verse 22. For the Father judges no one. Isn't this interesting? The Father judges no one, but the Father has given all judgment to the Son. Say this with me now, verse 23. That all may honor honor the the Son. Okay, here's what's going on here. This, uh, I don't want to demean it in any way, but this is like bromance on steroids. Father loves the Son. Jesus declared that, right? And the Father's revealing everything he wants to do to his Son. And the Son loves the Father back. And what does Jesus want to do? He wants to honor the Father with everything he says and does. What does the Father want to do for his Son? It says right here, Jesus says, the Father wants to honor me. This is why we have three persons in the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They are separate persons, identifiable by name and function and who they are and what they do, but they are one because they are perfect in love, perfect in unity, perfect in purpose, perfect in sharing everything with each other. Perfect. With what purpose? Verse 23, that all may honor the Son. Why does God the Father want the Son to be honored. And that's why God is giving Jesus judgment. Jesus gets to be the judge. So that every human being ever will one day have to bow the knee and declare what about Jesus? He really is Lord. So, so there's going to be a day, there's going to be a moment when every human being that's ever been is going to have to honor the Son. Who set that up? Who designed that? Who declared that would be the case? Father did. Listen here. 
that all may honor the Son, verse 23, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Now listen, whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Okay, this is huge, huge Bible truth to know and love and take to heart. Any and every other world religion that even might claim to be Christian, you have to look at how that religion treats the Son of God. If it does not honor the Son of God as fully man and fully God and the only Son of the Father, then they're not honoring the Son and they don't have the Father. Now, I'm not, try I'm not knocking people down at all, but I'm just submitting to you. Jehovah's Witness approach is not acceptable because it brings that it does not honor the Son. Says he's not really the Son of God. He's not really the Son of God. The Mormon Church, wonderful people. But if they're believing the way they're being taught, it does not honor the Son. Jesus is one of many sons. God the Father used to be a man to them. It doesn't honor the Son. It doesn't honor the Father truly either, according to the Word. Both of those religions came into being in the 1800s, 1800 years after Jesus walked the planet. And yet, millions of people are trusting their witness, even though their witness disagrees with the Bible, which we've come to discover is completely perfect and trustworthy. has been for thousands of years. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay? And yet, Islam. Islam, Muhammad was only 600 years after Jesus that his religion does not honor the sun. Says Jesus didn't really die on the cross. He didn't really rise from the grave. Not really the Son of God. He's just one of the prophets. He's a great one, but he's not one of the not one of the sons. Other religions say he's. There's many sons. All kinds of stuff. This verse is really super clear. If you don't honor the Son, the way the Scripture says he must be honored as the Son of God and the Son of Man, who died on the cross, yes he did. Who paid for our sins there, yes he did. Who rose from the grave bodily, yes, he did, and went and ascended to the Father's right hand, yes, he did, and is coming back again to bring his children home and then to come and rule and reign upon the earth, yes, he will. If it doesn't present and honor the Son that way, it is not a saving faith. Now, I know the world is saying, You Christians are so full of hate. I know there's some messed up people that claim Christ. I know. I get that. I'm not proclaiming hate today. Is Jesus proclaiming hate? In passionate love for the lost, he's proclaiming the truth because only the truth can lead you to Jesus unto real salvation, true salvation. If you're thinking Jesus is just some other guy, a nice guy out there and a, and a cool guy to alert and read about and stuff, that's not salvation. So it's really crystal clear here. Whoever does not honor the Son, Jesus does not honor the Father who sent him. And you're in big, big trouble. So verse 24, we get the second truly, truly. There's three of them here in this passage. Really interesting, right? Threes. Goes on forever. So amen, amen, verse 24. Truly, truly, I say to you, say this with me. 
Whoever hears my word and believes in him who sent me has eternal life. Two key things there. You got to have both of them. You got to hear the words of Jesus, the Son of Man, the Son of God, and believe those words because Jesus is the one and only that the Father sent to save you and me. Anybody else die on a cross for you? Anybody else rise from the grave for you? He's the only one. Now, we're not being hateful by preaching and believing and sharing this truth. We're actually being loving and kind because we want people to have the truth and so be saved. We don't want people standing in the wrong line. Bible, Jesus talked about it, right? There's going to be people at that last day going, Lord, Lord, I'm in the wrong line. You made a mistake here. And Jesus is going to go, You didn't pursue truth. You didn't love me. I didn't, I didn't know you. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word, the word of Jesus, hears it, and believes <clears throat> him who sent me, it's a, it's a three-person, one-God thing. You've got to honor the Son that the Father sent. There's one God, the Father. There's one Jesus, the Son. You've got to honor them both together and what they share. Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. I love this. Say it with me this next sentence. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Stop the presses. Right? If you have come to faith in Jesus Christ, believe and trust in him, to save you from your sins and to save you for eternal life. You have already passed. This is a past tense and a continuing thing. You've already passed from death to life. Now, I know this physical body continues to decay. It continues to get ready for its own place in the dirt. But our soul has passed to eternal life, and, and we miss something really unpleasant along the way. Did you catch that? Did your heart kind of leap when you heard that? What did he say? Does not come into judgment. Why don't you have judgment then? How come you get to skip on the judgment part? Everybody say, I'm loving skipping the judgment. I'm loving skipping the judgment. Ooh. How come you get to skip the judgment then? Ooh. Because the judgment that should fall on you actually landed on Jesus. Jesus. On the cross. That's why he's the only one that can save you. So you got to honor him. So many religions discount the cross or, or say it didn't happen or say what Jesus didn't die was in there. Then you got, you don't, then you don't have anything. Jesus is a regular guy. He doesn't do on the cross what the Bible says he did, and we got nothing. Oh. Believe and love and know the Savior and Lord. The judgment that should have fallen on you fell on Jesus on the cross. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. So is God mean and a hate filled God because it says Jesus is the only way? He's the most loving, kind, forgiving, gracious God I can imagine. And he keeps pointing to his son saying, this is the way. He is the one. And so 
we've, we've, some of us are sitting here going, oh man, I, I know so-and-so and they're a friend or I work with them and stuff. Maybe they're in the family and they're in this other religion or they're believing this stuff about Jesus and, ah, uh, yeah. Pray. Look for opportunity to share. Pray that the Holy Spirit would give them a hunger and a thirst for truth. The Holy Spirit would trouble them that they know in their heart of hearts what I'm believing, what I'm trusting in, it doesn't add up. It's not true. Pray that God would drive them to you, drive them to Christ in the Bible. Not afraid. But the one who believes does not come into judgment, hallelujah, but has passed from death to life. Some of the sweetest words in Scripture. Verse 25. Truly, truly, amen, amen. Third time. Is Jesus really pouring out his heart here with these people who are mad at him for the Sabbath problem? He's pouring out his heart. He's telling them straight up, I can't speak any more unadulterated truth to you than I am right now. You can't dismiss me because I healed a man on the Sabbath. You can't reject me because I'm claiming to be equal with God. I am his son, the one and only. He is my father. We're in perfect relationship. If you want salvation, you must come to know, love, and honor me. Or the father will not welcome you. elsewhere Jesus says if, if, if you and when times get tough and if and you dishonor me you reject me you walk away from me he goes I won't acknowledge you before the father see it's it's the same father son it's it's same for us in our relationship with the Lord he must be honored Can you say that with me he, he must, must be, be honored. honored verse 25 truly truly I say to you an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God. How does that happen? How can dead people hear the voice of God? He's talking about spiritually dead. There are spiritually dead people standing in front of Jesus in this very moment. That's why he says, it's now here. It's happening right now. I'm speaking <clears throat> to you, but you're dead in your heart and your soul. By the grace of God, may your ears, may your heart come to life. May your ears open and you hear my voice. Truly, truly, I say to you, no truth could be more truer than this. An hour is coming is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God. You're praying for dead people to hear his voice, aren't you? Mm -hmm. Ever think about it that way? You're praying for people to get saved. You know what you're praying for? You're praying for dead people to hear the voice of Jesus. Like Lazarus. Is he dead? He hear the voice of Jesus and come out of that too? We're praying for dead people. Boy, that puts a different light on, doesn't it? When the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear, say with me, those who hear will, will live. live. So do it as like an Easter shout. Those, those who, who hear, hear will live. live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. He's given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice. Come out. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life, those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. But Jesus says it right here to this crowd. He says... <coughs> 
people are hearing, dead people are hearing the voice of God right now. But there's going to come a moment when every single human being who's ever been is going to hear my voice. And they're going to come forth at that final judgment. And if they haven't honored me or loved me or known me, then uh, they will go to judgment. They will experience it. But all those who have believed in me have already passed out or out of judgment. Hallelujah. They're welcome home to heavenly habitations. So later on in John chapter 14, this makes total sense. You hear this at funerals all the time. I use it often. This is powerful gospel. John chapter 14, right? The Last Supper. Jesus says, yeah, you, Jesus says, I, well, I'm going where you can't come, but, but you'll follow. And they're like, we don't know where you're going. Thomas says that. And he goes, yeah, 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 you know. He says, you're all right. Chapter 14, verse 6. But listen to this. Coming out of John chapter 5, what Jesus just shared with the, with the people spiritually dead. Hear this again. John 14, 6. Jesus said to the disciples, and to, to, to Thomas especially, I am the way and the truth and the life. Now say it with me. No, no one, one comes, comes to, to the, the Father, Father except through me. Where does that come out of? John chapter 5. In Jesus' whole ministry. Jesus is saying to them, please don't get offended at me healing people on the Sabbath. Please don't take offense that I speak to you of my Father because we have a perfect, wonderful relationship that he sent me. And if you will push back on me and reject me, you're in huge trouble because you're dishonoring the Father. You claim to know him. So big, big, big stuff here. But pretty, pretty simple kindergarten truth, amen? Did we have any trouble understanding this today? Now, if you did, let me know. But I mean, <coughs> seems so nailed down. I want to give you encouragement today. Maybe you're maybe completely unrelated from salvation and all that kind of stuff. Maybe you're just wondering, like, I didn't get a thing, Pastor Joe, out of your sermon. I know Jesus is the only way. I know that stuff. I didn't need to hear doctrine today. I needed to, need to hear something for me. You know what? In Jesus is life. The Father Whatever area in life that you were struggling with, you need help. Jesus is the one. The Father sent him to be that one for you. Call on his name. He will come. He will minister. He will bring life and all he's got with it to meet your need and to show him, to show you who he is and what he does for his children. Almighty God, thanks for making it so crystal clear for us sometimes. We so need that. We welcome this passage. Jesus, thank you for loving Pharisees, chief priests and Sadducees, who were standing right in front of you and they were plotting how to kill you, and you loved them right to their faces. And you spoke truth to them. You said, you guys are dead. You're walking dead now. You've got to, you've got to open your hearts and your minds to hear the voice of the Son of God. Jesus, we pray for people who 
who uh, have versions of you. They've been they've grown up with it. They've been taught it by their parents who got it from their parents who discernment and truth hasn't come to them. Father, lift the veil. Lift the veil from hearts and minds. God, give us a passion for truth that drives us to Jesus and the cross for real, true salvation. Now today, Lord, we want to commit to you ourselves to give full honor to the Son, full honor to the Father, and of course, along with that, full honor to your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. And God, help us to share Jesus with others who need him yet. May not know they need him yet. Help us, God, to be there in that moment. Holy Spirit, thanks for giving us the words. Maybe you'll prompt us to remember John chapter 5. We'll go there for your word. Thank you, God, for giving us life, taking the judgment we deserve. Thank you for doing that through Jesus Christ, our Lord. All God's people said, Amen. Would you stand with me? We're going to sing Whiter Than Snow, it's number 109 in the hymnals. you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and keep you in his perfect peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amen.